Welcome back. Time to grab a board, swim out into the sea of ideas, and see if you can't catch a wave as the sales pipeline curls up over the horizon here with the man who's been doing it longer than I had no idea. This is the man who just celebrated his 10th anniversary in business, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about... Let's see if we can get the applause thing up here. There we go. (laughs) We're talking about Matt Hines, folks. Hey, Paul. How you doing? I was privileged to uh, be asked to submit a video. I I did it uh, half awake, sitting up in my bedroom here, and I thought later, everybody else looks so professional, so cool, had so much wittier things to say. Boy, I, I want to do over here. <laughs> well, no, I, I really appreciate you doing it. Uh, this For those for those who are listening, last Saturday uh, marked uh, the our 10-year anniversary in business. It was the, my first day. Officially, after I quit my job and had my, it was my first business day as Heinz Marketing, and it was exciting and terrifying. And I can, I can, I can for sure say, like ten years later, it's still, yeah, still versions of exciting and terrifying. But, um, <laughs> yeah, my my assistant, uh, my great assistant Sheena, she surprised me with. She basically asked a bunch of people that we work with, people that were associated with, partners and friends of the business over the years, to do short videos, uh, kind of highlighting our anniversary. It was. Uh, as you know, I mean, you, you know me not well enough, Paul. Like I'm, um, I, I um, I'm not a big uh, self promoter, so it was a very uncomfortable um, <laughs> time sitting in the sitting in the room with a team and watching those videos. But it was oh uh, yeah, and you, and you had your mom, and you had your uh, uh, sister, sister, and yeah, all these <laughs> my, people. My, my favorite part was actually, um, and we haven't published this uh, online publicly on purpose because we're, we're not. I don't want to self-promote, but, but there, there's a video that my wife did, and she has our three kids behind her, and our kids are five, seven, and nine, and so, you know, they're, you know, they are, if you have young kids, like, they are wiggly, right? And yeah, so that's it, right, they're poking the each video. other and everything, yeah, right. Yeah, no, she, she starts the video by, by, like, you know, she's saying something, and the kids are sitting there still, and almost at the exact same time, like, seven or eight seconds in, they all start wiggling at the same time, and they've all got their different things they're doing. And uh, I had to go back and watch it again to actually hear what Beth said because we were all just left. And I love I, I I saw the same thing, and I love the part where as she's giving you this heartfelt, "Hey, congratulations, honey!" She's slapping one of the kids like, "Stop it!" <laughs> <laughs> Only a mom can do those two sincere and scary at the same time. Here, <laughs> yeah, no, I, mean, I think she was she was literally. I think Ed, I think uh, Evan, our youngest, was literally headbutting her at that point in the video, so she's trying to get them to call <laughs> Hi, honey, uh, we are proud of you. Stop that! <laughs> yes, so sometimes, you know, while we, we will start the program by talking about college football, we will not be... Uh, one of our one of our past guests, who is an Ohio State alum, asked if we wanted to revisit this past weekend. Oh, please, the most painful it. Michigan uh, memory I have as a U of M grad here. Oh, my I, goodness. I told her we were for sure not going to do that, so I guess instead <laughs> we talked about head-butting five-year-olds. But anyway... <laughs> For those of you that are still listening, (laughs) thank you for joining Sales Pipeline Radio. We are here every week live at 11.30 Pacific, 2.30 Eastern. Uh, Thank you so much for those of you joining us live on the Funnel Media Radio Network live from work. For those of you listening to the podcast, thank you so much for subscribing. You can find us wherever fine podcasts are available on on, uh, Google Play, iTunes Store, uh, Stitcher, and others. And uh, for those of you that are listening to us from the on-demand at, at Sales Pipeline Radio, our past, present, and future episode is available at salespipelineradio.com. Every week we're featuring some of the best and brightest minds in B2B sales and marketing. Today is absolutely no different. I am really excited to have Jillian Music joining us today. 
Um, she is a serial entrepreneur. She is the co-founder of Moz. If you do anything relative to SEO and search engine management, you know Moz. She has become a startup whisperer, a sought-after speaker and counselor for companies all over the world. And Jillian, I really appreciate you taking some time to join us today. I'm delighted to do so, and I enjoyed hearing the story of having family uh, in all kinds of unopportune places or inopportune places. <laughs> Certainly, I know something about a family business. <laughs> you do, and I want to touch a little bit on that as we get in. But I think, um, I mean, your your background. I mean, you you've been running businesses for a very long time, and I think you spent years kind of running uh, Outlines West as a, as a as a marketing and advertising company. Uh, before getting into Moz and some other ventures, talk a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey. Like, did you know you wanted to be a business owner from the beginning? Are you an accidental entrepreneur? How did that really get started? <laughs> Um, I make a very bad employee. I think people knew that when I was three or four. Uh, I don't take direction well, and I don't suffer fools easily. So that doesn't make for real good middle management. Um, but I uh, uh, fell into entrepreneurship, I guess, uh, back assward. Um, and I did so because my husband was a Boeing employee. And that's not a culture where you sing kumbaya and you fail fast and fail often. Um, it's a very rigid uh, corporate culture, and it must be. And I'll share a little story about why. There was a very famous speech by the president of Boeing Commercial to the entire uh, commercial portion of the company at an event that uh, celebrated one of their anniversaries, I don't know, 75th or 80th or something like that. And he said, if we aspire to the same level of perfection of performance as Federal Express, 99.97% perfection of delivery of our product, we will kill only one million people per year. Go make yeah. airplanes. All right. So fail, fail fast, fail often, not going to happen. <laughs> right? Right. Um, a rigid and militaristic society? Absolutely. But that meant that one of us had to be, you know, loosey-goosey and flip around, and the other one had to put one foot in front of the other and go do their thing. So I raised three children under my desk. Uh, I was glorified unemployed, um, but when you say bye-bye on the telephone, it's time for you to talk to something that's over three years old. So I went to work, and that's what I did. I did carry my children in arms with me. Uh, they grew up literally under this desk. The youngest will tell you the color of the blanket he slept on under the desk. He still remembers. Um, and I kept those. So delightful. But over time, they grew up. They went to school. And as they grew, so did the company. I had a small regional marketing firm. Uh, you know, it was not much of anything. So this was small entrepreneurship, lifestyle business in the highest sense of the word, literally designed to, uh, how should I say, to occupy <laughs> rather than to bring in a serious paycheck um, while somebody else did that sort of thing. So uh, for a long time, that was the case. In 1994, I became involved with MarketLink International, and it was the first international commerce center on the World Wide Web. The web was about two weeks old. So I was the grand dame of internet marketing because I was there four seconds before the next guy. Really, we were so full of ourselves. We scanned business cards in full color and popped them on that fresh new web. But by the time we were finished, we had real-time live translation between international traders here in Seattle where I'm located and in Beijing or anywhere else in the world. And there was no Babelfish. There was no Google Translate, none of that. It was live translators. And I thought, you know, I was smitten 
people who communicate, people who get to know and understand each other. You could see the expression on the face, you could hear the timbre of the voice and understand what was being said, and you could trade. What an extraordinary thing. Right? We do not kill those with whom we trade, only those we don't understand and those that we fear, and fear comes from the unknown. And at the same time, my children were playing Sonic the Hedgehog and games like that with <laughs> Copenhagen and Singapore and in Seattle. And I thought, this is the next best thing to world peace. This is what's going to make it happen. It will be a lot harder to put a gun in these young boys' hands and say, go kill. They're going to say, are you crazy? I play games with him on Saturday night. So the communication was the thing that struck me, and it still gets me up in the morning and puts me down at night. Um, Rand joined the company. Rand is my eldest son. For those of you who don't know Moz, um, it's Rand Fishkin, and he is known as the Wizard of Moz. Um, and he joined the company in 1997 while he was still at the University of Washington. And we built a consultancy. And over time, the consultancy altered and became much more um, associated with SEO than it was with the general online or digital marketing. And finally, into tools, which became known as Moz. Love that story. And I, and I love the intersection of work and family and the fact that, you know, those really weren't, it wasn't really, it didn't sound like a work-life balance. It sounded like a really sort of a work-life mixture. What's your perspective? And I, I think about this myself a lot as a father of three who, you know, has three kids and are still in grade school and balancing, you know, running a business and trying to sort of spend time with family. Um, you know, there are, you can't compartmentalize those things from what I have learned. What do you have advice for, you know, for anybody, even if they're not entrepreneurs, is trying to manage a career and manage a family and find the right balance between the two. Yes, um, I spent a great deal of my adult life running that kind of a business, only a really relatively small portion running scalable corporations. Um, and in that lifestyle business, I would say the first thing is to figure out what your rudder in the water is, and I would say the same to a scalable corporation. So for me, the rudder in the water was that I had elected to have children, and if I'm going to have them, I might as well tend to them. Right. So rather than farming them out uh, often or a great deal, that doesn't mean you never do because they should be socialized as well. Um, and that's good. And you need time as well. Uh, I would do things like rent offices close to the schools where I wanted them to attend. Um, I drove quite a way to uh, bring my children to schools. They were public schools and we had choices about where we could bring them. But I had to make the trip. It, you know, there was no school bus or anything. So for us, it was about finding out what was optimal for the children I had elected to have, and then um, to be available to them at all times. One of the things that helped me greatly was that cell phones came along. I had one of the very first ones. It looked like the old phone that would hang on a wall, a large rectangle, but it was disembodied from the wall. It sat between the front seats of the bench seat of a station wagon, um, and you would click the side, and a handle would come up that looked just like those old t you know, telephones uh, attached to the box and so on, and you would speak. So quite an extraordinary device. Uh, but the phone number is the same phone number that I have today. Um, my children say that my cell phone is surgically implanted into my ear, and they know it, and I know it, and they can always reach me. And to this day, it doesn't matter if I'm doing a billion-dollar M&A deal. If my children call, who are now adults, if they call, they get through. And if you don't like it, we don't do business together. So that was my how should my stake in the sand, right? The rudder in the water is that my priority was going to be family. 
And when that was done, my priorities could change, right? But having elected that, then I elected to be a consultant, and I elected not to grow the company until the point where they were often on their own. Not everybody has that leisure. There are entrepreneurships of opportunity and entrepreneurships of necessity. And I want to be mindful to those who are listening, those of you who are building entrepreneurships of necessity, my hats are off. That's a much harder road to hope. Wow. Great comments. I love this conversation so far. We've got Jillian Musig, who's the CEO, co-founder of Outline Ventures. She also uh, co-founded SEO Moz, which most of you may know now as Moz. It is, it, I mean, Jillian, right now it seems, it seems like a slam dunk. I mean, it's a Moz is the system of record for search marketers worldwide. I have to imagine that when you and Rand decided to start building Moz, it wasn't necessarily as much of a sure thing. How, how, what went into deciding how to go from doing what you described as sort of a regional marketing organization into sort of creating a, a, a product out of that? And kind of what lessons do you, because does that imply for you know, companies thinking about similar extensions or pivots in their own business? Okay, so most of the people talk about the successes, and it always looks really cool, that hockey stick, you know, you kind of putter along, and then suddenly, boom, here's the deal. That's the short end of the hockey stick that you're looking at, and the rest of it is hidden. If you go backwards and to the left, you'll find there's a really long hockey stick that goes that way, and much of it is very bent and misshapen and falls into the ground and into the mud and into things that are worse than mud, and finally it came up, and then you got that little hockey stick, <laughs> so. I'm just saying it's a tougher road than people tend to talk about. Rand is very open and honest about this and has written a number of things, including his book called Lost and Founder, the complaint of the uh, founder. Um, and I have the same, obviously, been very honest about it. There are a number of PowerPoint decks people can find on SlideShare and so on uh, that are testament to what we've discussed. It was a long and difficult road. Um, at first, it was simply that he joined me as, you know, a marketing firm, you know, but he wanted buy a website? Buddy want to buy another one? We've got Flash now. Ooh, buddy want to buy another website? Because it turns out in 1997 that the pages of the web shall be organized by uh, search engines, and the search engines don't read Flash. So we went through the whole iteration, back and forth and up and down, all of the games to play. But in 97, it became evident, right? That's when kind of the major search engines uh, started to show up, and the landscape began to define itself. Until then, it wasn't evident. So uh, beyond that, though, uh, we worked through in kind of services industry. Rand was searching for what he would like to create in this brand new web, uh, which was, as he described, a universe unfettered by the laws of math and time. Um, quite extraordinary that we got to be alive and to populate it at that time. Um, so that was great. But then in 2001, nobody wanted to buy a website for love or money. So I went out to make the rainfall. Now I had, you know, three or four employees. The kids were off at their schools. Rand was already an adult and could join the company and so on. And he continued to go to school at that time. Um, and uh, I went out to make the rainfall, and I heard the same thing again and again. You know, we have no more capital expenditure. We'll see you when this is over. The dot-com bust was pretty tough, right? And mm -hmm. I saw dozens of me going down in flames. Some of them sold snake oil and deserved to, but some of them were honorable competitors. It was a very scary time. And every now and then I would hear, well, I don't have capital expenditure, but I have operating capital. You bring me a buck, I'll give you a corner off the dollar. Well, I know what that is. That's commission sales online. I didn't even have the words affiliate marketing to wrap around it. 
Mm. But I'm a quick study, so I figured it out. And in those days particularly, there were only four ways to make money in affiliate marketing. Porn, pills, casinos, and ringtones. I'm sure there were a couple of others, and people who did it probably will correct me, but <laughs> that was pretty much the, the landscape. And I thought, well, I can't play that game. It, it's not, a, how should I say, an ethical decision, a moral decision, a, you know, and so on. It's a business decision. This is not a world that I occupy. I am not the person, how should I say, that races in where angels fear to tread. But these are the, uh, build, you know, the uh, industries, not just the business, but the industries that built the web. It wasn't built by .gov, .org, and .edu. It was built by porn pills and casinos, you know, PPC. It stands for something else. <laughs> but since it wasn't my space, I thought, well, now I can use the model and I can bump it up and make a ref share project. And we sent out about 30 requests or emails to companies where we thought they have very strong brick-and-mortar companies, and they suck online, and that's the technical term. So, uh, yeah, we, we did that, and we said basically that we would, you know, design and author and build and develop and, you know, market and maintain this website for nothing. And in the event that we bring them a dollar, that's the negotiation. We would take a corner off that dollar. And so we negotiated those deals. And when that happens, you have to pick your customers as carefully as you, you know, porcupines mating, right? I had to get into their financial shorts and figure out what they were doing. Did they have good customer service policies? How were their return policies? Could they expand? Would they get enough capital to grow if we grew them? I mean, we could grow companies 600, 800,000 times by expanding onto the web. And of course, their eyes were as big as saucers. But you had to be sure that it was the right partner. We did about three or four of those. One of them was disastrous at a time when I was deeply in debt already, because remember, we were building all these websites now for nothing, but I was paying the bill still, right? So now I was deeply in debt and um, creditors knocking at the door. It was a terribly ugly time. Um, at that point, I had to turn back one of those projects I should have known and trusted my gut. So maybe that's one of my hottest tips to listeners. Do trust your gut. The fact that we don't know how it works does not mean that it doesn't, and you will know when you should not be engaging with a customer. When that prickles, you will know. Just don't. And in this case, it was somebody who sold um, those uh, kind of you know, miniature cameras and so on. They were, you know, spy cameras, if you will. And, and he had all kinds of good reasons why they would be in commercial structures and, you know, for general security things. No, it was as ugly and awful as you think it was, and he didn't have good practices, and he was BSing us and everybody else. And finally, we just gave the whole project to him, and he took it away. And whether he made money with it, I don't know. But it was a great loss. It was many tens of thousands of dollars, you know, that had been spent to do this, and we had to cut loose. But it was a hey, Jillian, I'm going to cut you finally, off. Speaking, I, of, speaking of cut loose, I want to hear the rest of this story, but we do have to take a quick break and uh, recognize some of our sponsors. We got a lot more. I am so excited. I mean, this is, I feel like we're getting a history lesson in the evolution of business and the way it, the way it actually works, as well as the evolution of the web. We get, we'll be back in a couple minutes with more with Jillian Newsig. You're listening to Sales Pipeline Radio. I hate to even intrude, it's so interesting, but I do want to remind you that uh, there are uh, methods and ideas and companies out there that can help you. For example, if you're tired of sending sales emails and wondering if they're ever open, there's an answer. You need MailTag. MailTag is a Chrome browser extension for your mail, Gmail 
that allows you to track your emails in real time. You receive alerts right on your desktop as soon, right away, as your emails are open. And as a special thank you for anyone listening today to this show, we've teamed up with MailTag to provide you guys with a special discount. Just use the word Heinz, H-E-I-N-Z, and you can get, drumroll, 50% off for life. Yeah, we said for life. Half off if you just enter the code Heinz. Be sure to check out MailTag.io to start your completely free 14-day trial if you want to try it out first, and there's no credit card required. The link is will be in the show notes, and we encourage you. Check it out. What if you have to lose except your confusion as to what's happening with your emails? In a world where the speed of innovation and change in B2B marketing has never been greater, the only thing bigger is the need for clarity, for a blueprint, for a guide to what's really working. And how about a way to apply it specifically today to increase sales pipeline growth, velocity, and most of all, conversion? That's what you'll find in the Modern Marketer's Field Guide. And amazingly, you can download it for free. HeinzMarketing.com, just like it sounds, H-E-I-N-Z-M-A-R-K-E-T-I-N-G. It encompasses the entire sales and marketing cycle, but in quick bursts with lots of specific, actionable ideas, strategies, tactics you can put to work right away, like today. The loaded table of contents helps you narrow in and tackle a problem, and it's something you can come back to over and over again as a reference guide. Why not download your free copy of the Modern Marketer's Field Guide? It's free. HeinzMarketing.com, just like it sounds. H-E-I-N-Z, marketing.com. All right, back to Matt and his fascinating guest. Uh, we need a much longer show, uh, Paul. This, this I think so. I, I'm I mean, sitting I'm here just be... in amazement. I, I'm, I'm just enthralled as she's just uh, spinning this yarn here, and I'm thinking, how are we going to sum this up in two or three minutes here? Well, we're not. We're just going to have to. We're just going to. We're just going to be the filibuster episode of, um, <laughs> of Sales Pipeline Radio. But you know, this is absolutely fascinating. I think, and Julie, one of the things I really appreciate about you know your story, and I know, I mean, this is what Rand has done as well with Boston Founder. And I read that recently. Super good book. Rand has you know kind of become famous for complete transparency in the process. And I think anyone that has run a business or tried to run a business knows that hockey stick feeling and some people never get to that short end that actually goes up it's just it's a lot of um chewing of glass along the way so apologies we had to cut you off on the story there we do have a few more minutes here before we have to wrap up with jillian music she is the co-founder of Moz. she is the co-founder and ceo of outline ventures and uh maybe when last we were ta- when last we were uh, talking you were you were uh we were talking about spy cams yes um so I guess the the short of it is um, that the the hottest tip is again trust your gut. You know with whom you should get into business and which ones you have to pass up. Have a rudder in the water. Know what's important to you in life and what you will prioritize and how that will change over time. And then finally, um, kind of the end of the story. You know, we uh, did well with some of these projects, and uh, one did extremely well, and you know, brought us out of debt bit by bit. And I began to breathe for the first time in five years. And then it was time to make these websites uh, found on the website on the you know, World Wide Web, right? Because it was e-commerce. It meant that it had to be found by grandma. 
by everybody. And if not, you wouldn't make any money. And so I farmed with money I didn't have. Again, I farmed out the project. And, uh, you know, we were literally weeks away from total disaster. And nothing was working. And none of these either companies or individuals could get that SEO done. And finally, Rand said, I guess I have to learn this. And I said, yeah, because I can't hold it together anymore with shoelace and bubblegum. And so he did. And with money we didn't have again, I got one more credit card with a few bucks in it. And I sent him to New Jersey to hang with his grandfather, uh, my husband's father, who is a world-class mathematician. And to this day, at the age of 91, he will still say, I have no idea what the application was, but I was happy to explain the mathematics. And what Rand did was to find pieces of the algorithm that had been published by Google in order to get their patents. He began to dig into this hard, slogging work that said not, here's an algorithm, how do I scan the system to be number one, but rather, my company or my client is, if you will, I don't know, the University of Washington.edu, right? In other words, something where you're not going to scan the system to be number one, black hat SEO, but rather you're making it commercial, the quintessential white hat SEO. And that's what Rand is known for today. It just meant that, again, it was the customer, the client. They had to be in that phone book for the next thousand years. So the business decision was made. He went and he found out what was needed, and then he came back and he said, all right, I think I've got this. I know what needs to be done, and in those days, you could move the needle and turn the dial in just a few minutes. It was a simpler algorithm at a simpler time. It was Thanksgiving Day in, uh, let's see, 2006, and I was pulling turkeys out of the oven and serving both family and all of the people who worked for us. Everybody was hanging around, and the first sales came in for one of the companies, and it was shoestore.net. And at that point, there was a hoop and a holler because the East Coast had finished their turkey dinners, and they began to shop. So it was a very exciting day, and we realized that we were beginning to move up in the search engines. The queries uh, were being found, and, you know, found our websites and so on, and things started to move, and we survived, but truly by the skin of our teeth. So yeah. an extraordinary story and a great deal of luck, I get that, but also hard ingenuity, not, um, you know, just really difficult work, not just that Rand is a really bright guy, and he is, no question, but also that he showed up. During yeah. those very, very hard years, from 2003 through 2006, Rand wrote a blog called the SEOmoz.org blog. Right? And that's what created that personal reputation that also moved to the corporation. We can create personal reputations much more quickly than we create corporate uh, reputations. So if you're doing this individually, think about that. How will you do that? And there is no shortcut way. It's the hard work. Consider that Rand wrote this blog every single night with lots of research and great care and thoughtfulness, right? He didn't just slap this stuff together and telephone it in, and he did it for more than the thousand and one nights of Scheherazade, as if his life depended on it. Well, I love the I That's love the story the of the hard work and the resilience and the challenges and um, I mean it, it's it doesn't always work for everybody but it certainly worked well for you guys I know you know Paul has used uh, some of Rand's work for podcasting SEO over the years um, you know Rand's you know certainly sort of used it to to continue to sort of build new businesses and. I love that the majority of the story that you told today is about the struggle to get to a path to, to the beginning of that short hockey stick. It reminds me a little bit of um, Phil Knight's book, Shoe Dog, which isn't about 
you know, the hockey stick. It's about the path to get there. And the million times he almost ran out of money and, you know, his business partners that's were screwing right. him over. And just it's that's that's the path. And, it, and, it, and it's not that's it's right. never that's an overnight tough success. Path. Uh, hey, we're I unfortunately are out of time. We're going to have to let uh, Paul run on. We got a, we got other shows in the Funnel Radio Radio Network here. This has been phenomenal uh, conversation with Jillian Musig. We are going to put links to uh, to her to her website, uh, to Rand's book, uh, Lost and Founder, in the notes. Uh, we're also going to put a link in. I, I'm just I'm completely impressed with just your just your just the impact you've had with your children as well. It is inspirational to me, not only what Rand has done, but um, your daughter, you posted a couple of days ago. I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong, but she she is the phantasmagorial chef um, <laughs> and doing an event. If you're in Seattle and you want to have great food in a very unique experience, um, uh, we'll put that in the link notes in the notes as well. But we unfortunately are out of time. You. Jillian, thank you so much for, for your time, for your energy, for your stories. Appreciate it very much. You can find this episode again uh, on demand here in a couple of days on salespipelineradio.com. For my great producer, Paul, this is Matt Hines. You've been listening to Sales Pipeline Radio. You were indeed surfing along on Sales Pipeline Radio right here on the Funnel Radio channel for at-work listeners like you.